You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. You can visit us online at theriverdurant.com. We hope this podcast is a blessing to you and you can even bless someone else with it. Book of Colossians. searching someone's going to read Colossians for us <laughs> Joy can I see your glasses oh, that shows no pride here <laughs> look good can I see your purse no just kidding <laughs> that's her that's her they're purple. Oh, these got flowers on them even. Woo-hoo. The book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. Our main two scriptures are going to be 12 and 13, but we're going to talk about several other ones. But I want you to listen to this. We're going to start in verse 9. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will. Now, in your Bibles, hopefully you don't think it's a sin to write in your Bible, but if you do, get over it. Number one, it says filled. Here's Here's three things that they're praying for these people for, the church at Colossae. It says that they be filled with the knowledge of His will. So you can have lots of knowledge in life, lots of information in your head, but so what? (laughs) If it's not according to His will, what good is that information? One of the things we've said here before, and we'll say it again, the greatest tragedy in life is a person being successful in something he wasn't supposed to be successful in. When you're successful in something you weren't supposed to do, you just wasted your life. I would rather find out what the will of the Lord is. I mean, so many times what happens is we ask other people or other people tell us what we're supposed to be doing. We need to go to the Creator, the one that created us and had purpose for us. It says in 1 Timothy, it says that we were were saved from the beginning before the foundations of the world that we were saved according to His purpose and His grace and His calling for good works. That's what we were saved for. We were saved for something. See, when He put us on earth, He put us on earth for a reason. We need to find out what that reason is. His will. His will just not for mankind, but His will for us as individuals and your family and your family you need to understand that everything that that whenever the word talks about something corporately it's also talking about it individually when the when the word is talking about something uh, between husband and wife it's talking about individual it's talking about the church as a whole as Christ is as the husband is with the wife so Christ is with the church so they go hand in hand So what we need to understand is God's will, knowledge of His will. Number one, they were praying that they be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom 
So they're praying for the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. I tell you, right there, I believe a lot, a lot of people miss it in their life because they've never heard of the spiritual understanding. What's going on in the spirit? Just like I said at the very beginning of our worship, that there are some people that understand... Uh, when I say the word prophetic, I just don't always mean the spoken prophetic word, but you can have prophetic actions. You may display physically what's going on, just like I said, baptism. Great, great example of baptism is an example of what has taken or is taking place on the inside. And there are things that we can do on the outside. The children of Israel, when they went into battle... They went into battle and the praise and worshipers were in the beginning. They were in the front of. They were going into. They were the first to arrive at the scene. The worshipers. Why? Because of what was taking place in the spiritual. They maybe didn't have an understanding, but they were just instructed to do those things. And in the process, what we can glean from what they did is we get the understanding of what was taking place, that when you begin to worship and express how great God is going into a battle. I love what it says in Psalms 34, verses 1, 2, and 3. Verse 3 says, Oh, magnify the Lord. Let us exalt His name together. Then verse 4 says this, I sought the Lord. When did He seek the Lord? After verse 3. Verse 3 says, He magnified God and then sought Him. Most people seek God without magnifying Him. I just can't find Him. I just, he's not hearing me anymore. I just, God doesn't seem to be as close as you. you I, I, I guarantee you, you start magnifying God before you try to find Him and talk to Him, and you'll hear Him and see Him and feel Him. The scripture says to magnify God, not the problem. Most of us magnify the problem instead of our God. And if you magnify your problem bigger than it is, you're living, that's the kind of stuff we talk about on Wednesday night, you're living under a lie. You're being influenced by uh, something that's not true. Amen? So magnify God, not your problem. Let's go ahead and read this again. It says, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Because when you have the spiritual understanding of an issue, when you understand God's purpose, does everybody understand God's purpose? Uh, I think it was a, a year and a half ago, I pointed back here. I kept looking to the where the ceiling comes up. I guess y'all shouldn't turn around because you see it still isn't painted yet. But anyway, <laughs> okay. I kept looking back in the back and focusing on that one spot up there because using that as an example of seeing the finished work. the The scripture says, "A people without a vision perish." Another translation says people that don't have a clear mental picture cast off restraint. Does everybody understand that? And that's what it says. It says 
People without a vision cast off restraints. That means if you don't have a vision, a clear mental picture of what you're supposed to do, you're just going to do whatever you want to do because you don't have anything to guide you and direct you. I like to reverse that around. And it's very scriptural to do that. What it is also saying in the fact that it's not saying it is that people that have a clear mental picture will bring on restraints. If people that don't have a vision cast them off, people that have a vision will bring them on. I've always used the illustration of ice in the freezer. Now some of us, quite a few of us, matter of fact, as I look around, remember the old ice trays in the freezer. We didn't have automatic ice makers. But even works there. You ever, you ever just throw water in a freezer and shut the door? What do you get? You get ice. You ever put that same water in a little tray with little square compartments and stick it in the freezer? What do you get? Ice! But because one is in restraints, it's usable. One is not in restraints, you just got to clean your freezer because it's no good for nothing. It's just like a person that wants to be on a football team. That's the clear mental picture. Every eight-year-old wants to be, or every four-year-old wants to, well, every four-year-old male in Oklahoma and Texas wants to be superstar. Wants to be the a football player. And so at a young age, they have a clear mental picture of being a football hero. And so they go to all the way through their life, they go through this process of two a days on you know, two a days in summer. That's that's what you call stupid. No, I mean, that's what you call being willing to put yourself in restraints. I was in the Marine Corps, and I was willing. I wanted to be the best Marine I could be, and so I was willing to go through what they required so I could be what I saw myself I already was. I was already a Marine on the inside. So I wanted to become one, so I put myself in the restraints called boot camp to become one. Does everybody understand that? And see, there's things, if you know what the will of God is for your life, if you know the purpose and the spiritual understanding, you go, oh, that's why I need to study the apostles' doctrines daily and forsake not the gathering together of the saints. Oh, it's not about just going to church to make the preacher feel happy. It's about going to church. <laughs> you like that one? Well, you know, you know, we're a free church when you start aiming that kind of stuff. <laughs> we we talk about the glory of God, and you know, I was all quiet, and I talk about not coming to church to make the Amen. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm gonna milk it though. But see, see, but when you have a clear mental picture of God's will and His purpose for your life, you go, oh, well, that's why I'm a part of the body of Christ, and the body of Christ is not complete unless I'm joined together with the other ones. If I just stay at home and do what I want to do, they're missing me. The body of Christ can't function the way God wants it to function because I'm not there. Plus the pastor wants you to come. No, just kidding. But see, see, you'll start putting yourself under restraints. And, and at first you may think it's not, oh, I'm just so, oh, they're just. No, listen, the end result is greater than the beginning. We need to keep the clear mental picture of what God's got, His purpose, His will, with wisdom, revelation, you know, and spiritual understanding of what God's doing in me in a certain place. Amen? And I believe with all my heart, 
as much as God's doing something here in this place called the river, He's doing something in that place called you. And they're working together. Amen? And as we all do what God's called us to do, the kingdom of heaven on this earth will be expanded and glorified. Amen? So let's go ahead and read the rest of this. The reason that he prayed for them in verse 9 is in verse 10. That they may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to His glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks, oh, verse 12 and 13, giving thanks to the oh I like that does it say giving thanks to God and it doesn't matter I mean it's okay if it says that but we've really been on that father thing lately giving thanks to who the father and for I'm going to say this again for those that hadn't heard this or haven't realized this before but nowhere in the old covenant is God ever referred to as father there's three, three mentions of God being Father in the Old Covenant, but they were all, one was in a prophetic after Jesus was coming, after Jesus was the first of many brethren, the first only begotten Son. The Old Covenant people did not understand God as Father. They had a fear of God, not a love of Father. It wasn't until the New Covenant came when Jesus said, Our Father who art in heaven. And he began to change the way people's, people looked, how they, how they related with God. And that's why I like what it says right here, because it specifically says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Now that right there goes against a lot of people's doctrinal beliefs. That we're supposed to be partakers of God's judgment and wrath on earth. Is that what it says? No. It says that we are to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light or in the revelation of Jesus. That through the revelation of Jesus, you'll realize that He paid the price for all judgment. And that gives us a kingdom to live in. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. That was the prayer of Jesus. How many people believe that Jesus' prayers got answered? It's not still trying to come. It's already here called the kingdom of heaven on this earth. There is a way of living. There's a mindset. There's a heart belief. There's things that are already done that we can just step into. It's like, oh, I use Six Flags all the time as an example. It's like going to Six Flags over Texas. One person stands in the parking lot and goes, oh, wow, look at that. Another one get, actually gets in there and just stands around and gets in the atmosphere, but doesn't get on any of the rides. And there are some of us who ride every ride we can get as fast as we can get there and cut in line to do it. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Amen? Because it's already there. It's already provided. You got a season ticket. Go as much as you want. 
or go not at all. I'll show you what it's talking about here. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. Man, qualified us. I love this one. Who's qualified you? The Father. Are you qualifying yourself to be part of the kingdom of heaven on this earth? No. It's not about your performance. The Olympics is about your performance. It's about you qualifying for the finals or not. And if your performance isn't good enough, you're not going to make it. This is not the Olympics. It's the kingdom of heaven on earth. He has qualified you. The book of Ephesians says, Before the foundations of the world, you were chosen in Him to be holy, blameless, and in His love. It says that you were saved before the foundations of the world so you could live according to His purpose and will, full of His grace, in His kingdom as a son. He's qualified you. D don't turn there, just, just in your mind turn there, the Luke chapter 1. You have the Virgin Mary. The Virgin Mary's sitting there, she's just minding her own business, and what happens? An angel shows up, and speaks to, speaks to her. What does the angel say? That she has found favor with God. So what happens? She wonders what kind of greeting this is. Wait a minute. She's just been told she's, found, she's highly favored and has found favor with God, and she's thinking about, what kind of greeting is that? Don't you think if she was really hearing what was being said, she would have said, Wow, I found favor with God. But she wasn't hearing that. She was hearing something that she wasn't even listening. Now she heard, but she wasn't hearing. Why? Because the scripture says that she had fear in her heart. Because the angel said, Mary, fear not. So the angel recognized what was in her heart. Here he had given her the word that she was highly favored. And that, what kind of greeting is that? And she said, Mary, fear not. So the angel had to deal with the fear and then explain it to her again. That you had found favor. I got a question. What's the definition? What's the most simplest, most common definition of the word grace? Unmerited. Now that's one of the poorest definitions of the word grace that there is. It's the most common. So what the angel was telling her was, Mary, you have found grace. You found grace. See, you have to eliminate the fear in your heart for you to hear the word. Before she could receive the word into her heart, she had to get rid of the fear in her heart. And as long as people are afraid of God, they're not hearing the word of God. Most people are hearing a message of fear and wrath and judgment. The world is hearing, be afraid of God. And as long as there's a fear in you, you won't hear the love that God has for you. Perfect love cast out all. Wow. All right. Let's go on. 
Verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Man, that's powerful. We don't have time to talk about all that's in that verse. Verse 13, He has delivered us. Wait a minute. The first thing He did was what? Qualify us. The second thing is delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us. That's the third thing. He's qualified us, delivered us, and conveyed us. First of all, He chose us and made us accepted into the Beloved. Now it's saying that He's delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of His Son of love. Now I like that. That He has qualified us, delivered us, and then translated us, moved us over into the six flags. Does everybody understand what I'm saying about the six flags? By the, into the kingdom of heaven on this earth, the kingdom of His Son. You've been translated. You've been moved over. Whether you know it or not, you were qualified. Whether you know it or not, you're delivered. Whether you know it or not, you've been moved over into what is called the kingdom. But the problem with the church is we don't have sufficient knowledge, revelation of His purpose and will that He was praying for them for. That's why they had to be about the apostles' doctrine daily so they could learn. Tell you what, yes, we're all supposed to repent, Jews and Gentiles. Yes, we're all supposed to repent. But we have to repent from different things. The Jews had to repent from a mindset that God did things a certain way. You've got to remember, they, they were the ones that told, God told them to go kill His enemies. Now He tells them to go love them. See, they had to change the way they thought about God in the Old Covenant because now there's a New Covenant. There was a repenting taking place. Repenting means change the way you think. So your actions will line up according to your belief system. Most people have a belief system, but haven't changed the way they think, and so their actions stay the same. We won't go there. We're talking about other people in other churches, of course, right? I'll just read it again here. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us, or translated us, into the kingdom of His Son, of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sin. Jump over here to verse 3 in chapter 1. I'll show you how all this starts. We give thanks to God our Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all the saints. See, people heard about it. That's how active this was. They heard about their faith. Verse 5, because of the hope. Why did they hear about it? Why were they able to do what God called them to do? Because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. Hear that? There's a hope laid up for you in, everybody say it, heaven, of which you heard before the word of truth of the gospel, which has come to you 
as it has also in all the world and is bringing forth fruit as it is also among you since the day you heard it and knew of the grace of God of truth. This is telling us that there is a truth in heaven. There is a way that it's going to be in heaven. And because Jesus made this prayer, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be the name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. That the very gospel that they heard about heaven is manifesting in the form of fruit right now where they live. It's not something that you can just, Though none go with me, I still will follow. What kind of testimony are you living if no one's going with you? I understand what the song is saying, but quit it. We're supposed to be living in the inheritance. We're supposed to be living in the promises of God. The promises of God are what? Yes and amen. I keep going back to the analogy. How much time we got? I got enough time. Real quickly, over here the children of Israel are in bondage. While they're in bondage, God says, I want you to go live in the promised land. There's land that flows with milk and honey. Everybody know the story? There it is. But you're in bondage. But there it is. Oh, you need to get out of bondage. Sacrifice a lamb. Put the blood on the doorpost. And the death angel will what? Passover. And so they said, okay, God, we believe in what you've said. We're going to do it. Death angel comes. What happens? They get saved. It's a type and shadow of our salvation. Calvary. Ta-da, we're saved. They, they get out of being saved. Now they, they come up to the Red Sea. Pharaoh's coming. Oh, no. Okay? Don't ask me to do any better than that, okay? That's about as good as I can do right there. And so now they, they get delivered, and Pharaoh's coming after them. And so God parts the Red Sea and has them go through the Red Sea, a type and shadow of our baptism. And boom, Pharaoh's army gets swallowed up by the water because he didn't promise them to go to the other side, see? They can't cross. Demons can't swim. That's a whole nother. Anyway, we won't get that far. Spiritual understanding, remember? Okay. So here they are. They've just been saved and baptized. You know, there's some denominations, that's all they talk about, is being saved and baptized, and go there someday. Listen, God said, listen, that's there for you to live in. Everybody say live in. Got them saved, baptized, and then filled with the Spirit. Everybody say filled with the Spirit. It's not demonic. Come on, get over it. Perfect example, children of Israel, led by the fire by night, cloud by day led by the Spirit. So that's all there is to church is being saved, baptized, and filled with the Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. No. There's promised land living. He saved them and baptized them and filled with the Spirit so they could enter, so they could come cross over into the promised land. So they get up to the promised land, they get to the Jordan, what do they say? Oh, we can't go in. See, over here it was just like God said, this was just like God said. This is just like God said. They get to the promised land and they say it's just like God said it was, but we can't do it. We're grasshoppers in their eyes. They started having excuses. Wait a minute. They didn't have any excuses here, did they? Oh, we're just slaves. Just did what God said. It don't matter what your condition. Just do what God says. 
have faith in God. That's all they did. They came to the River Jordan to cross into the Promised Land. Land that truly flows with milk and honey, just like God said it was. But, but see, right here they passed Mount Sinai where they got the Ten Commandments. They got the law for the first time. And because their eyes were more focused on the law and showed them what was wrong with them, they couldn't see the God that was in them. See, in your life, in your life there's three things that you need to confront. You need to have faith in God, faith in God in you, and faith in God in others. First of all, if you don't have faith in God, you, you're not going anywhere. Faith in God in you is going to give you a trip. Though none go with me, I still will follow. All by yourself. But really what needs to take place in the body of Christ is where we need to have faith in God in others. See, when they got to the river of Jordan, they didn't have faith in God in them. They were seeing the law in them. They were seeing their statue, their physical condition. Oh, we're just grasshoppers in the eyes of the giants. Woo! And so for 40 years they went around the desert till they all died off except the ones that had believed. It came time for those that believed. You, you, you know, let me, let me throw this out there. I know we've, we've used this example many times. So here's something we didn't talk about before. Do you realize the ones that believed at first still believed after 40 years? Did it come to pass in Jesus' name when they said, I prayed 40 years of believing God. 40 years of living in other people's lack of faith. <laughs> you didn't like that, did you? You having all the faith that God, you seeing God, how God, but listen, 40 years. They lived in the same scenario that killed everybody else, but they had faith in God. Because God said, it doesn't matter, Larry, God said, all it takes is somebody to believe God. Amen? And see, their whole life, the, this whole process wasn't so they could go to heaven someday. It was so they could live in the kingdom of heaven today. So they could benefit in the fruit of the kingdom. That's what it said here in this verse. It says that the fruit is being manifested because of the hope. Verse 5, because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven of which you heard before the word of the truth of the gospel, which has come to you as it has also in all the world and is bringing forth fruit, as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth. I tell you, that's powerful. For you to realize that there is a kingdom for you to live in. Jesus said this. If you don't understand about the kingdom, Jesus said this about the kingdom. He said it in many ways, but the one way he said it made it so clear. He said, seek ye the what? Seek ye first the kingdom. He didn't say seek ye first. See, if it was about you going to heaven, he'd say just go ahead and kill yourself because that's more important going to heaven than living on earth. He didn't say that. Did he? There's a little revelation there. One. There you go. Oh, I never thought of that. No, seek ye first the kingdom so you can live in it. Jesus saying, I came to bring you life and life more abundant. Amen? Let's all stand up. There's abundant living. 
Listen, I, I say that at Scripture all the time, that Jesus came to bring us life and life more abundant. He didn't say, I came to be here to come into your life. I know that sounds sacrilegious. I'm going to say it again. Jesus didn't come. I'm going to say it a little clearer. Jesus didn't come to this earth so he could come into your life. He came to this earth so you could get into his. See, one is self-improvement and the other one is lordship. <laughs> he didn't come to make your life better. He came so you could fulfill your purpose, the reason you were created. And in that purpose, you will fulfill and be successful and do what God's called you to do and be who God's called you to be. Have everything God says you can have. See, the children of Israel had a chance to go into the promised land, but they didn't believe. We're called to believe. The scripture says they had a foolish heart of unbelief. They didn't believe they were going to the promised land. Oh, church, come on. Believe. Father, we believe your word. We believe what you've already done. I thank you for the new covenant. I thank you for revelation knowledge that brings transformation, not change. Oh, Father, I thank you didn't call us to change. Thank you you're not telling us to change. But you put a spirit within us, a power that brings transformation on the inside. As sons, before we learn what to do, may we learn who we are. Sons, children of yours, children of yours we are your children and you are our father we are royalty that we walk on this earth with the DNA of God in us on church let this be your prayer this morning let this be your prayer more love more power yes we will Lord we'll worship you with all of our hearts my father sing again you are my father you are my father
You know, some of you may have never called God Father. This may be the first time you've ever even said it with your mouth, thought it in your mind, felt it in your heart. Some of us maybe didn't have such a great father image. That's because we've been looking at the wrong father. And you've made God fit the image you've had in the past of what you had. Don't do that. Don't do that. Your heavenly Father loves you unconditionally. You're already accepted. You don't have to be accepted. You're already loved. You don't have to do anything to get it. And as you love, you'll grow in the knowledge of Him who loved you even more. Father, 